Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good evening, everybody. Steve Wellings here for another Nutters call-in show. We have Danny Young with us here, and also Justin is on the call if anybody else wants to jump on. The link is in the Nutters chat in the StreamYard and in the Patreon as well. If you haven't heard one of these before, we just go live for about an hour or so before the, the fights get going, really. You've got the sort of Campbell Hattons and the William Crawlers going on at the moment, and then we try to wrap it up so the lads can get off and enjoy their Saturday evening's boxing or Saturday afternoon's boxing or, or whatever. Uh, one man who won't be enjoying his Saturday evening is Dan Aziz. We were just talking about it off there, there actually. He was supposed to headline tonight against Joshua Boatze. Uh, the fight fell through. Different promotional entities have had their say. Uh, was it a legitimate back injury? It's always something that's very hard to prove. There was stories of ticket sales hadn't gone very well. The zone alive tonight as well, Catchwell against Linares. At the moment, it's around 8 o'clock UK. I'm into round 4 of Reese Velotti against Akib Fiaz. Uh, Danny, we'll bring you in. Obviously, quick word on Buatsi Aziz and what you're kind of looking forward to tonight. Yeah, I, I don't read a lot into the old, um, you know, oh, it's more about ticket sales than it is about a certain injury. Um, I've said it a few times in the chat. I'm a big admirer of Aziz. I like the way he's, 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 he's gone about his business, you know, um, you know, kind of, had some kind of raw talent there and and as as, as to be honest with you done really well to get to where he is now you know and I, I he's been um he's been a good watch you know like he has he's not he's not boring he's i, I love your um i love your uh assessment yeah uh on i think it was sunday uh, saying that he's got a bit of a he said you had a bit of a haggler about him oh. you know like that kind of uh upright kind of stiff punching kind of yeah like it Obviously, he's, no, he's nowhere near like a haggler, but it's just, you know, I think I suppose it's his build as well comes across as very kind of uh, similar. But yeah, I, Danazis for me, as, as from the get go, has come across as a genuine, like, nice person, no bullshitter kind of thing. And I think because of the fight, um, what what was you know what was up in the, the stake of the fight? I think I don't. Mm. I just think he needed to be a hundred percent. And I and I 
And if you've got a back injury, there's no point risking it because let's face it, he beats Buatsi in this fight. And then, you know, he's looking at fights against a potential Billum Smith. Um, I've forgotten the name of the lad from Crystal Palace. But React Paul. Um, I mean, and, and both of those fights would be brilliant British affair for me. Like, I'd love to see that. I, again, it would even possibly tempt me to go and buy a ticket to go and see it. Um, I definitely think there's some there's some there's some work to be done in the cruiserweight division, and and as you know, as we know, there's a there's a cruiserweight fight on tonight that that will hopefully feed into that little because we could end up with, you know, it'd be lovely to think that you know the winner of Aziz and the winner of tonight, and then we've potentially got you know maybe a React Poor versus uh, Chris Billum Smith, and then Aziz versus the winner of tonight. You know, it that if that was on one card, you know, two, you know fairly 50 50 uh cruiserweight fights i mean i yeah I'd, I'd be all for that man i'd be you know it's, it's really good but yeah i don't read i don't read into the ticket bullshit i think it's a genuine injury um i think aziz is is, is a is a good guy and i don't think he would um i don't think he'd bullshit about that well here's the here's the question when did he ever give the indication his whole career that he would pull something like this? And then also, why would he pull something like this? Well, that's it. He hasn't. Like, you know, like what is he? Why would he gain by pulling out the biggest fight of his career to fake an injury and then like put himself further down the ladder and have to work? You know, well, I mean, I've never. I mean, since watching him on YouTube, like you know, when he first started, like when did he ever give the impression that oh, he would just not show up? Oh. He wants to get out of it. But it's not like Buatzi. I mean, I have no respect for Buatzi. I don't think he's that good. So why would he be like, oh, I need to back out for, for Buatzi? I believe he truly was injured because, I mean, it makes no sense. But, of course, you're going to spin it that way to make you – you know, people are going to spin it that way for whatever their agenda is and anything like that. But, yeah, I, I think people just – every time now, if you notice in boxing, every time somebody pulls out, it's not real. Like, mm. and I don't care if you like the guy or not. When they pull out, the first thing people say is, that's not real. Like, you know, what's going on? He's doing something. Like, let's see the x-rays. Let's see the, the talk to the doctors. I mean, nobody believes anybody anymore. I think that's the world we're in. And, and boxing is you can't just pull out unless you're sitting there having to go to the doctor. And, like, you know the, you know the picture every time them in the hospital bed, like with their hand right you, know, you, you have to go through all that effort. And I think that's ridiculous. But that just is what it is now. Do you know what? And, and having had a, back, a quite a serious back injury myself recently, it's it's no it's no joke. You can't. There's no going around frying punches when with a back injury. I mean, um, I was in. Oh, was it a back injury that uh, your man did against um, Nonito Donaire? Yeah, Ryan Bennett. It was Ryan like, Bennett. Yeah, it was and, like hip, hip stroke back, wasn't it? No joke, man. Like seriously, like that. He just looked in agony like and it is there's no joke fighting with a back injury if you've got a a severe back injury even if it's like you know uh inflamed muscles or a slip disc like it just yeah it's 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 no joke and and nicky cook was the worst one do you remember him waddling about the ring back about 20 odd years yeah i forgot about that as well yeah jesus christ yeah so it, it just goes to show even though back injuries are rare well you know kind of rare in terms of the of of like you know uh, in in a ring, um, you know, there's there's two of them there that we've both you know that we've spoken about that, that mm. were quite severe and you know seeing people in in quite a state afterwards. So, yeah, no no joke. And I you know I know people that know people that know Aziz, and by no way has anyone ever said that he's not professional and you know would ever kind of do something like this. So yeah, no, I'm not I'm not having it, mate. I'm not having it at all. 
Danny's not having it, neither's Justin. Michael Thompson said Porky said he'd heard they pulled the fight as they're trying to make Yard versus Boazzi down the line soon. Make of that what you will. Of course, Des has jumped on the call. You're very welcome this evening, Des, to the Nutters calling. Uh, both Justin and Danny there were saying, what is there to gain for Dan Aziz? We're talking about the pullout, obviously, against Joshua Boazzi. What would there be to gain at this stage of his career to go in, not even just to pull out, but to go into the fight, maybe less anything less than 100%, the biggest night of your life? Good evening, Stephen. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well. Um, if you're asking me, do I think it's a genuine injury? I've seen, I've seen these things happen before, where something comes from above. You know, you get a, you have a conversation with a, with the network bosses or your promoter, and they ask you to put it back a month because sales ain't been the way they wanted them to go, or there might be something else muddy in the water. I'm not saying that has happened, but to go back to, I think it was Danny who mentioned back injuries. I, I heard Aziz on Talk Sport yesterday. He wasn't grimacing in pain. He was pretty. He was pretty good. Um, that doesn't mean he's not injured, of course. Um, we see Darren Barker go into a fight with a, with a hip injury. We saw Nicky Cook go into a big fight with a back injury. But for their different reasons, um, they knew they was injured before they started camp. It was just a case of getting through it and getting through the first bell. Mm. This is a bit different. Uh, I've gone around the houses, Steve. I don't mean to, but I've seen. I've seen fighters go into a fight, being instructed by their trainer, give him three rounds and we'll pull you out because they had no chance of winning. But you had, you had nine minutes in you. I've seen fighters want to pay that and just get through the first bell. And I've seen fighters generally get injured. I've seen so many different cases. I don't quite know what to believe. I will say this, and I don't know how the other guys see it. I don't want to contradict anybody. But I don't think the marketing went well for this one. I don't think it was publicised well. And I always got a feeling they've not quite got this one right. For the for the size of the fight that it is. Mm. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I think I think that is a fair point. And you you did say that in the build up as well, Danny. Des did, did say that in the build up about he, he felt that there was something amiss, like a fight of this magnitude should have been promoted a little bit better. I gotta be honest, like in terms of the venue, I think the venue was all wrong anyway. Like, don't get me wrong, like, that the fight is, to me, should be like a, a York Hall fight anyway. Like, it shouldn't it shouldn't be any anywhere bigger than that, really. You know, like, I, I'm i just trying to, I, I'm, I'm a person that kind of prefers, when it's like a, you know, a 50-50 kind of British level fight, I think um, a smaller venue with a, a ferocious crowd kind of makes it, an, you know, a better spectacle. Um yeah, the bigger venue wasn't wasn't the best, but again, I, I still I don't I don't maintain that there's any kind of faking faking of injuries going on here. I just I just think that, um, yeah, I just think it's like again, look, every promoter wants to shit on every other promoter at the minute, and I I just don't like to get into the politics of that. Um, I just like to see it for what it is, and and like I said, I can't I can't uh, I can't fault Dan Aziz. He's, he's very professional, and and I think uh, he knows that he needs to be a hundred percent fit for this fight um, and hence for kind of not coming through with it, but you know, make what you want of it. But yeah, I still, I still maintain that, that there's no, there's no dirty play here. Yeah. But you got to watch her and this. Uh, what, what did he say about his guy pulling out this week? If y'all read that, because I'm sure it's not going to be the same thing he said about Aziz. Cause one of his, big, cause I'm saying it's so funny because his guy did the exact same thing. 
but it's like what it's just that's how it's it's just so like i said everybody contradicts everybody like danny said you just don't know what to believe but like i said he's it's just so funny his guy did the exact same thing after he got done talking shit for like three straight days that's, that's why it's going to be the nature of it though isn't it regarding yeah. same with drug tests or whatever they're exactly. always there to fling a bit of shit at somebody else i think you're better off not saying anything because mm. it just makes you look stupid because you're mm. going to have to contradict yourself i just i just wouldn't say anything I think Des venue wise, Danny mentioned your call there. Maybe I always think Copper Box is a nice little intermediary venue between between the big and the small. Yeah, good venue that, Steve. I got to admit, like I've been there quite a few times for boxing. Like I've been there for uh, the John Ryder fight against the Dane. I can't remember his. I can't remember that fella's name now. I think it was the Dane anyway. Um, and, I, and and I've been to a couple of others. And yeah, great. It's a great little venue. To be fair, yeah, good shout. I mean that that again, that kind of venue would have been perfect for this fight. I mean. I don't know why we all kind of, you know, need to be doing O2s and things like that. It just it don't make any sense. You know what I mean? Just sell rather than go for big venues, hope praying on ticket sales, you know, get yourself a venue where you know you're going to sell the tickets and uh, and make it a spectacle. Yeah. Des, if you're a fan of box work like me, um, I went on earlier to look at the Lowell Chamberlain run, running order and that to try and see who was fighting when. And it says no results found. Now, Karis Artingstall was in the ring last time I saw. So there is actually a show going on to be headlined by Lowell Chamberlain, which is a good fight in itself. Really good trade fight, Des. Yeah, it's good. I love that fight. And to come back to your original question, Steve, yep. firstly, some of these promoters take exclusive rights over venues for a period of time. So I don't know for a fact, but maybe Queensbury have got exclusive rights on boxing at uh, the Copper Box. So Could be right, because they do tend to go yeah. there more than others, don't they? Yeah, and that might cancel box, uh, Boxer yeah. out of it. Yeah. And you kind of get pushed into corners. And I think this is a bigger fight than the York Hall, but perhaps not as big as the O2. But people at Boxer and Sky would have thought, we've had Chamberlain and Akoli at the O2, correct me if I'm wrong, three or four years ago. Maybe we can add Boatsy and Aziz to that and get 18,000 people in here. Um, I agree, the O2 might be a bit too big for it, but I think there wasn't a medium, there wasn't a middle venue available because we don't have your court, we don't have um, the Elbert Hall anymore. We don't have Wembley Arena or Wembley Conference Centre no more. So I think I think Warren might have played a really good hand here in cancelling that, that middle venue for a lot of promoters. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I just add Ali Pali to the mix as well, having been there for the uh, Ryder Jacobs fight? I thought it was a nice little venue as well. How much does Ali Pali hold? Anyone know? I'm not sure. They used to the darts there years ago, didn't they? It's not yeah. a huge one, though, is it, Danny? No, it's not massive. I mean, like, you probably get a what? I don't know. I, I want to take a stab like 7,000, maybe, something like okay. that in there. Yeah, okay. I didn't know it was that big. But if that's the case, then that's your, that's your go to. But Again, what we're not privy to is we don't know uh, the booking system in all these places. We don't know the schedule. So I'd like to assume that Boxer would have thought the O2, it's a good relationship with boxing. We can get that. But if you start going down the road of maybe Alexandra Palace, Wembley Wembley Arena, is Wembley Arena still standing by the way? I'm not sure. Alexandra yes, Palace is, is over yeah. 10,000, though, according to this. Sorry, Danny, go ahead. Yeah, Wembley yes. Arena is still going, mate. Okay, so I mean, yeah, like we don't know, do we? But there must be a reason why they didn't go for that six to ten thousand capacity one. But maybe, maybe they had high expectations. And if I could just touch on this point as well, maybe there's not a load of experience at boxer because mm-hmm. Barney Francis isn't there anymore, is he? We know Adam Smith isn't there anymore. Um, Matram have moved on, 
So boxer Ben Shalom and the people involved in boxing at Sky, my favourite phrase, maybe there's not a lot of intellectual capital at the moment at Sky. And maybe they've just overcooked this one. But I, we, we're guessing, it's all it's all subjectivity. But um, to go back to the question you asked me, Steve, I love the Chamberlain and the Wild fight. I think it's a brilliant fight. It's a bit more than a trade fight. There's a British title on the line. Yeah, We've seen a lot of Chamberlain. We've seen him. He seems to have been around forever. Yeah. And I'm I'm staggered that he's only had about 15 fights. Very inactive, very inactive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. We know the Wild's a puncher, but we've not been, not been tested yet. I'm a big fan of Chamberlain. I've always liked him. I, I used to know Ted Bam, um, Ted Bammy. So I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Isaac. Um, I think tonight Isaac can pull this one off, but it all depends what type of Isaac shows up. And of course, it depends on if Lawal can step up. That's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. I agree. Good fight. If Chamberlain can definitely um, get his boxing off and sort of circle out the way of Lawal's. A big punch, then I think he's definitely got a chance of winning that one. We'll watch it Steve, later on. We've got Catrol Linares as well. Go ahead, Des. You had, um, I can't remember the chap's name. He, he he does the boxing news now, but he was with social media. I do apologise, a boxing social he was with. And you had him on the podcast on a Sunday after Chris Billum Smith boxed Isaac Chamberlain. Mm. Do you remember the chap's name? Uh... He's, 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 um, he's a social media guy. He does the, he does boxing social, but now he's involved in boxing news. It will come to us, but yeah, he he he's quite close with Shane McGuigan, and he's quite close with that camp. And I put a question to him on that on that on that, on that night. If Isaac had been a bit more active, you know, if he'd had about sort of four or five fights over the last eighteen months, if he'd been given twelve weeks' notice, I think Isaac would have really tested Billum Smith more than what he did. I think Isaac's a really good fighter. And if you give Isaac activity, I think Isaac's got a very good chance of doing an awful lot in boxing. Absolutely. They need to keep him busy. And going back yeah. to a point I was going to make as well, you said about the lack of experience. I liked the fact Mick Hennessy seemed to be hanging around a lot more. Um, you know, and he is, uh, I think he's the manager of Chamberlain. So hopefully he's going to get him active, but he's offering that sort of experienced arm around Ben Shalom. I was hoping things would improve once Mick came on board as a matchmaker. I was, I was, and with again, we don't know, we don't know what Mick's reach is, we don't know what his remit is, but I like to. I mean, this is someone that's been around since for twenty odd years now, mm. and before that, he was hanging around as a managing in the magic management capacity. So you could probably say Mick's been around for a quarter of a decade. So, and and Mick does put on good shows, and Mick does know how to bring fighters along. I mean, what he'd done with Tyson Fury, Cole Froch, Darren Barker was brilliant. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'd love to see a bit more involvement in Mick, and I hope he's getting his hands on it. Love a bit of Mick Hennessy on this podcast. I'll be tuning into uh, Sky very shortly, see what's happening at the moment. Danny's on the call with me. Uh, Justin's here as well, and so is Des. Let's move on. Danny, we'll go to you. I have a question for you. Misfits Boxing. I'm not going to discuss the KSI, Tommy Fury, or any of these guys, these sort of carnival events with, with big fatties getting in the ring and fighting against each other. Is Miss Misfits Boxing dangerous for boxing's overall health? I'm not talking about its physical health, but maybe its financial future. We see Showtime are exiting the sport at the end of 2024, I think it is. We'll talk about that shortly. What about DAZN, Sky? What happens if they say traditional boxing doesn't deliver anymore? We don't want this. 
these carnival fights will be our boxing offering from now on. Now, they might not get rid of traditional boxing altogether, but seriously cut the budget for it and focus instead on other elements of so-called boxing. Is that a sort of dystopian future you could foresee? Or is that just something that's never going to happen? It's, I kind of said my bit on this one in the chat uh, last week, I think. I, like, I don't know if it was just after the fight, I think it was. I just, The promoters are to blame just as much as anyone else, right? Because if it wasn't uh, watchable, it wasn't if it wasn't on our screens, I say on our screens, you know, if it wasn't sat behind that subscription wall, then no one would watch it, right? Well, to a degree, you'd have... It's the youngsters, is is my understanding that that kind of watch these things because these people are again they're not they're not sports stars they're just you know these people that have done very little to be where they are like and I get that some of them are quite clever with their marketing and all the rest of it but you know how however how however clever they are with their marketing they they still need the boxing promoter behind them to get to give them that platform to kind of make it popular um, so I kind of blame blame. Warren and Hearn for, for 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 parts of this because you know giving them that the, the TV platform for for it to be on there then you know they're just as they're just as uh, yeah much to blame as, as anyone else. Um, do I think it's dangerous for the sport? I do. Um, I mean, I only you only have to go back to the uh, the uh, second was it the second to last fight Salt Pappy versus I can't remember the other guys I don't I remember Salt Pappy because every time I see his name I think of Salt and Pepper so I don't know why that relates but anyway um, and the like he went down a sack of spuds like in that and it, it looked dangerous you know it looked nasty and it and it only takes someone with a really really big 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 dig to kind of cause someone some real injury but then you know that that one fight was the only fight that where anyone showed any kind of level of boxing. The rest of it was cuddling and flicking out arms, which is... Yeah, your man Pappy's meant to be half decent, I was told. I've never seen him fight, yeah. but... I, I got told the same, you know. that I, I heard, wasn't it Hearn who was kind of, you know, praising him and kind of saying, oh, if there's one guy that's going to do crossover, <laughs> it's going to be Salt Pappy. And then I stuck it on at a weekend and he was lying on the deck, fucking just about, at, you know, struggling to breathe. So Eddie and yeah. Fib shock. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, but like again, I can't. You, it's I, I put something really like it was quite damning in the chat the other day. But I only watch it to see if there's going to be an absolute disaster. And when I say mm. disaster, I mean like someone seriously hurt. Yeah. And the minute that happens, then then it's going to have to be looked at because they're not getting you know British Border Control, Boxing Border Control. They're not involved in any of these fights, are they? So. How they're getting away with it is is beyond me. Like how they're getting, you know, like I don't know. It just it just someone needs to kind of like have a real look at this now and 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 bypass the fact that it is popular with kids of today, and 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 look at it for what it is, and and actually say, do you know what we are essentially? You know, if they have someone who has severe brain damage, or even you know, God forbid, like someone dies in the ring in one of those fights. That box, that that level of boxing is over because it will go, you know, it will be straight to the courts, you know, it will be banned and all the rest of it, you know, it's just it just needs to stop. It really. Well, does well, it's funny you should mention that actually, Danny, because I saw a story last week or the week before. I think it was the headline was what attracted me. Obviously, we all get lumped in together on these kind of things. Boxing is sort of one homogenous kind of sport whenever this thing's involved. But it said cancer research withdraw their support 
for boxing. And I thought, oh, what's that about? So I clicked on it and it was the white, so this ultra white collar or something. Apparently a lot of the people who did the white collar had been raising money through sponsorship uh, with cancer research or whatever. And this was the third death in like the last 10 years or whatever. And eventually they said, you know, we can't be associated with this anymore. So mm. like you said, the fact that I kind of all gets grouped together is maybe a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, it's interesting you say that because it's only it, it was only this week a couple of fellas I got chatting to in the in the in the kitchen at work were saying, "Oh yeah, you into boxing?" I said, "Yeah, I could watch it. You know, I'm an avid fan. You know, talk about it when I can." And then they were like, "Oh yeah, oh well, we're we're doing a white collar fight." And I was like, "Oh okay." I said, "You well, you know, you want to be careful." Like I, I, my instant reaction to that is, "Oh, you want to be careful." I've heard a few horror stories. I actually know someone who, who was involved in a bit of a horror story. You know, one of these ones where they get put on a white collar show. They don't really have an opponent. And then the next thing you know, an amateur who's had about yeah, yeah, in the ring yeah. with them. And, and you yeah. know, they're getting an absolute... I've heard of that too, actually, in. like happening, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this was... This, that, and that's been going on for years as well. And like, you know, it, again, because it's... You're never going to stop it. So I don't... I'm not, I'm not surprised that Cancer Research... You know, as much as they want that money, you know, uh, would need that money, you know, to go, to go alongside with what they're trying to do. They don't want to be associated with people getting hurt for it. And I think it goes to say it's the same for these misfit fights. I think it's only going to take one really severe injury and you'll see some sponsors kind of popping out. And then hopefully that will be the end. of You know, that'll be the end of the end because I can't I can't see it going on for much longer while it's a while it's almost like a, a WWE. WWE fight essentially at the minute, you know, with hardly much going on. It, it, like I said, it just takes one bad accident, and then people are going to have to really reconsider the spectacle for what it is. Yeah, yeah, I am kind of uh, lumping YouTubers and misfits in together at the moment, which is maybe a bit disingenuous. But yeah, I think uh, if the KSI Tommy Fury fight's anything to go by, there's no chance of anybody getting hurt anytime soon. But on that fight, Justin. By sort of bringing in MMA and UFC stars, which is what Jake Paul did, to now bringing in Tommy Fury, the organisers, it seems to me, they're kind of tagging it onto combat sports now. They're kind of legitimising it a bit, like Tommy Fury, or he's a quote-unquote real boxer. He has a licence with the British board. It helps to like legitimise this sideshow almost by bringing him into the fold. And as for the, the Paul brothers, I mean, I'm no great expert on them, but they're absolute scumbags. I mean, your man Logan Paul, he went in and videoed in some kind of suicide forest and got in a whole trouble for it. He's part of some seriously suspect suspicious business practices with this crypto zoo shite, which is a, a glorified Ponzi scheme. I don't think there's anything libelous about, about saying that. And the kids absolutely worship these morons. Yeah. I, mean, I agree with the Tommy Fury thing. You have to, if you bring, because bottom line is the people that are actually going to go to these shows and pay for it, that legitimate, I mean, that's all they need to know. Oh, this guy, I've seen this guy do MMA. He actually does have a boxing record and you're right. Mm. That's all they've got to see. Okay, this real like, and even then they probably wouldn't care anyway. If Tommy Fury never boxed, they wouldn't care. But no, I think it was my nephew was watching some of that. I don't know, it was one of the Pauls. I don't know. They both look the exact same. I can't tell which one it is which. But and I just was like, I asked them, and they're sitting there watching this for like hours. I don't get it. I mean, that's just the world we live in now. They obsessed with this stuff. But I, bottom line is, I don't want to go to this stuff. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to hang out with the people that go to it or watch it because I've met these people. I meet them all the time during the week. I'm not going to hang out with them or talk to them. This is, they've got their little niche right now, but like Danny said, somebody is going to get hurt. 
they're going to get hurt. It's going to come that one of these guys is just going to train harder than the other guy did. And then he's just going to get badly injured. Then you're going to go through that whole thing. But the bad thing is that people are paying for it. They show up. I think who you had, was it? I think it was Eamon. I'm not exactly sure his name. Now take Ames guy. Ames, yeah, Eamon, yeah. And he made a point. I mean, people are eating this up. But on the other hand, stuff like that, that's not a full sport. That's a niche sport. Usually, and I might be wrong, and I probably am wrong on this, it fades. After a while, people are like, well, I've seen Jake Paul fight 17 times versus some random dudes. After a while, people have short attention span, especially kids, young kids that are buying this up. They're going to get tired of it eventually. They're going to want to move on to something else. They're going to change. It's it's not going to last forever that you can just keep throwing random people in because it gets old. How many times? I mean, we said all the time, and we we watch random fat guys, heavyweights box all the time and stuff. I'm saying, but how many times can you watch these random ass people just because they have a YouTube or they're porn stars? That shit's going to fade. Trust me, it always does. Look at over the years, it's going to eventually get to the point of, am I really going to pay seventy dollars for this? Like, am I like? People have they, they just don't care. They're going to move on to something else. So I mean, I hope I'm right because, but I think eventually that's the way it always works out. Just like boxing, boxing is just going to be here. But I eventually think Misfit will eventually fade a little bit. Do you know what would be the? Do you know what would be absolutely disgusting though? Right, and I can see it now. I'm just say, for instance, one of the Paul brothers, yeah get seriously injured in a ring. I'm just using this as, a, as an example, right? Good example. Th- then all of a sudden, yeah, they'll be like, oh, you know, charities, things made up for Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whatever <laughs> it is, because of, because of you know, he hurt, he's he been hurt, seriously hurt in a ring, and then they'll be doing all this charity work and all the It's bollocks, man. Like, it'll be absolute fucking bollocks. And you know it will come and all, because everyone will get behind it. And he look, let's face it, he shouldn't be doing it in the first place, Yeah. And, and, and I'm kind of tossed between not wanting to see one of those guys get seriously injured and at the same time thinking, well, you two, if you really think you're a proper couple of boxers, then fight a boxer. Stop fighting these people that can't punch, these UFC fighters that, that, that you know, prefer getting on the floor and doing all their mat work. Fight someone who can punch. Like, and obviously, we're not putting, you know, we're not putting uh, Tommy Fury in that category because... He's a novice. He's a novice boxer. You know, he's had what four fights, five, five fights with like Here, absolute tin cans. So here's a question for you: If he had beaten Tommy Fury, do you think he would have actually fought somebody decent no, as a boxer? Or you think, not, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, would his, would his ego had built up so much that he might have thought, "Well, damn, I could beat somebody better now." I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think he would have. But that would have been the question. Would you? Would you? He'd have been like, "Oh, I beat Tommy Fury because." But I think Paul's even smart enough to know Tommy Fury sucks. That's why he picked him. Yeah. That's why they started. That's why they started the feud. But he has an element of legitimacy as well. Exactly. Quite clever, really. He, Paul, you might not like him, but they're good businessmen. They know how to work people. So they honestly thought too that Tommy Fury sucked, and he does suck. But they still bet, lost. Your best bet. Is that an ex, a retired boxer, comes out and 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 eventually fights one of these and actually just lands that that one punch, which which is all it's going to take one of these guys, and that is it. It is over. Yuri Boy Campus is back, so that's who needs to come oh, in. God. There we go. We'll bring, take that bring, it, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> because I'm going to bet right now he would win. Yeah. Just because just because he's, I mean, he probably would. I don't know how old he is. Seventy now, but. 
<laughs> he probably would win. He, he, I, mean, I love your boy Cam. I just liked his name. I, I always thought that. That's when I, you know, you first start watching boxing when you're younger. You're like, that guy's got a cool name. I saw him but fight that, live actually, Matthew Macklin in Dublin in 2010. He was about 45 then. Yeah, I said he looked 70 when he was 25 because he just had that, you know, he had that weathered like working on the farm, beating up kind of look to him. So if you've ever lived in, well, y'all don't know, but we live out in the country here. So everybody that works in the field, they get that kind of like leather skin, like the real tough. And that's what he looked like when he was like 18. He looked 70. So I hate to see him now. Yeah. I do work in the field, but it's pissing down my rain all the time, so there's no yeah, chance but, of any Mexican hey, skin. That's a that's a different kind of that's a different <laughs> kind of outside work in Ireland compared to here. We'll, we won't go down that road. No, we'll leave it exactly <laughs> where it is. Ryan's on the call. We'll go to him very shortly. First of all, Des, talk to me about the hierarchy of talent because they put these boxes, legitimate, licensed boxes, on the undercard of YouTubers, and they say, "Oh, we're going to get them eyeballs, eyeballs on the sport to raise them up." But I think it relegates the professionals. You're the undercard for Jake Paul, KSI, Logan Paul, whoever. You're underneath them. You're there to support them and prop them up until they get fed up with boxing. Yeah, but there's not, there's not loads of money in boxing, is there? And a boxer will pretty much do what you want for 60 grand a year. So, I mean, if you if you walked into any boxing gym in this country and said, I'll give you a thousand pound a week, wear my, wear my T-shirt, wear my hat, talk about my company take some videos. I mean, they do whatever you want them. Sadly to say, boxers don't have a lot of money around and they don't earn a lot of money and they've got a very small career and it's a dangerous one. So they try and grab what they can while they can. So if you said to, to come back to your point, if you said to, and let's talk about Billy Joe Saunders, because he's actually mm. done what you're talking about. Yes. Can you appear on the undercard of these two? I'm going to give you half a million quid. How can you turn it down? And it's no, it's no different to the conversation I had 35 years ago with someone who got offered £10,000 to fight for a British title and £25,000 to fight for a WBU title. They have to go with the money and not just the one fight. If I win that title, I get another guaranteed purse defending it and another guaranteed purse defending that one. So unfortunately, with boxing, with, with boxing money talks. And I don't, I don't blame... I don't blame a pro boxer for appearing on undercard if a promoter gives them the right the right number. I really don't. But going back to the question you asked Justin and Danny, and I'm, a, I'm in disagreement with them, I don't think there's any chance anyone ever getting hurt on these cards because I just don't think they're good enough to hurt anyone. I think they throw their shots awkwardly. Their feet are wrong. There's no power to them. They're not, there's not a puncher in sight. I just don't think anyone can get hurt. I agree, someone could get knocked out, and that might be enough to make people think, mm, this is a bit unpleasant, this is not what we like. But then again, having said that, the way society's gone and the type of characters you see at these events, maybe they want to see the occasional knockout. But in terms of someone getting seriously hurt, I don't think that's possible. I wonder, Des, whether these these uh, these misfit boxers are actually getting doctored the way the pros do, you know. Are they having all the kind of like, you know, the routine checkups and all the rest of it? Because, again, it does, doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be, you know, punch of a lifetime. It could be, you know, uh, that, that someone's someone slipping problem. through the net with a pre-existing condition. Yeah, or that's what like I mean. That. Yeah. And mm. it's, that's all it's going to take. You know what I mean? And then and then and then it's all going to go wrong. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's, it's just not a good look. We, I agree with Danny. And I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, contrary. But that can happen in pro boxing. A, a, a pro fighter can keep his mouth shut. His trainer might not even know about an existing injury or condition. 
and if you slip that can slip through the net but to come back to that point danny and it's a good point i, I think the money involved and the personnel involved i think it'll be top draw I, i've often wondered what sort of weight of glove they use are they using 10 ounce gloves or 8 ounce gloves or are they using mm, 12 ounces point, and 14 i don't know I think it'll be. I think it's the higher higher gloves, mate. Because I don't. I don't think they can get away with it. Because essentially, it is a white collar fight, right? I'll be. I'll be absolutely flabbergasted if they're using anything lower than a te- like a, a twelve. Get them in bare knuckle, Des, maybe. Get their hands wrapped and dip it in some fucking glass, mate, like the like Van Dam did back in the day. That's what I say. <laughs> Vinegar, like uh, Jack Dempsey days. <laughs> yes, yeah, it. I mean, it's an agreement you have, isn't it? I tell you what, yeah, do that. Dap, like dip them in treacle, get some glass on them, and then just call it blood sport, and then we'll we'll all be on board. Some of them look like their feet have been dipped in treacle with the footwork on display. <laughs> Very true, isn't it? Very true. Uh, we have Ryan uh, Deal. Ryan, De- is it right? Yeah, it's got to be Ryan Deal, hasn't he? He's got his own handiwork on the screen there. Hello, Ryan. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. It could be any time of the day for you. Yeah, just in the morning. So, uh, doing all well. How are you all doing, chaps? We're doing very well at the moment. We're talking a bit of misfits boxing, a bit of YouTubers. Are you a fan? Are you dead against it? Are you going to be sitting ringside with Ames next time you're back in the UK? Oh, it's not for me. I don't really uh, put too much into it, especially after I backed Jake Paul to beat fucking Tommy Fury in the Prediction League. Oh, I'm done know. with it now. One and done. So, uh, I yeah, fancy Jake Paul as well. Is... He's got a bit of talent. Like he's, you can see, he's a bit of a. The both of the Paul brothers have got some natural athletic ability. If... Yeah, if they were willing to do the two or three years in the amateurs and, yeah, I reckon you could build a good fighter out of them, but I don't know, fighting retired MMA fighters makes more money, so somebody else can watch it instead of me. Well, one thing we were going to move on to next, Des has disappeared off, he'll maybe be back, uh, here he is actually, he's, he's straight back on again. We were going to talk about the death of Showtime, but Showtime was very much alive last weekend when Tim Zhu was fighting against Brian Mendoza. You're now based down under, stationed... Uh, down there, Ryan. What's the buzz about you at the moment? Is it sort of reaching costure levels? Are you? Are you? What? Uh, it's obviously at a decent time for you to watch, at least. Yeah, I quite like the Australian cards and the Japanese cards that are, are popping up these days because yeah, they'll actually be in the evening rather than the morning for me. But um, yeah, I'm New Zealand, so we don't don't hear too much about Zoo. Usually, the Aussie pay per views are the similar priced over here, but he hasn't kind of hit the the levels where they they start putting them on Sky Sports for forty dollars and stuff here, so it's not not fever pitch. Maybe if he had a rugby league career, they'd uh, they'd put him on. But yeah, he's just, yeah, he's but the Mendoza fight wasn't on any New Zealand broadcast, so I had to get there by illicit means. But yeah, he's a good fighter, and he's 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 probably de facto just turned up at the top of 154 without having that top fight without that Charlo. I think Charlo has to come back down and and defend really. Otherwise that might 154 might go the way that middleweight's gone with with how Canelo and GGG just disappeared and now you've got Gualtieri and unification fights. So I think for the for the division and 
maybe for Charlo's career as well. I think he needs to get back down to 154 and beat one of these guys and either reign supreme again or lend his name to to let the other boys fight it out, I think. I think you're right about the fact that it's regenerating itself, 154. I feel a little bit better, Ryan, the fact that at least we got Charlo unifying all the belts and then naturally, unless someone hangs around defending non-stop, they're going to drop the belts, It's they're going to fragment, it's, it, the crescendo, we've reached that crescendo point and then we have to build it all back up again. At least we got to that point. I hate it when you sort of get a, a unification here and there and then it stagnates and then someone loses a belt and you never quite reach that, at least at 154 and then again with Canelo at 168 we reached that peak before the belts inevitably crashed down everything reset people disappeared new fighters came up at least we had that chance now and like you said Ryan Tim has sort of fallen lucky with WBO and looking at some of the other fighters at super welterweight there's no reason why he couldn't jump in and and get a unification sooner rather than later oh definitely and yeah if if Showtime are out and the PBC have all the, the big names and they're going to have to land somewhere. There's no way they're going to just peter out and few are going to sign for zone and stuff like that. I mean, it might be better if if they were to just completely dissolve. And yeah, because Xander Zayas is kind of sat on top rank ready for a shot, I'd say. And he's not going to get one. Um, and who did zone have for that? Josh Kelly? He, 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 he deserves a shot, I reckon. He, he could have a go. Um yeah, there's there's a bunch of the Cubans there at 154. Maybe Spence might turn up, which I think he'll stagger probably... in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much he's got left, really. We suspected it. And how for long a while. he's got left? <laughs> well, after the, the Crawford fight, we suspected that we were waiting for the eye and we were waiting for the car crash to catch up on him. And it looks like it has now. And yeah, 154, you start getting the big boys like Findora and Hurd, you know, Mungir. You know, think that those boys were at 154 not too long ago, the size difference. Tony Harrison's six foot, you know. Mate, he's let me down, let me down. I, I Skilled him fighter, to, man, no guess <laughs> Yeah, I know. They're my favourite fighters. They are just bit great to watch and always in good fights, but just that vulnerability is just... Yeah, it's let him down, but he, he won a title and he's been in big fights. You can't really be too angry with his career. What about Terrell Gaucher? He's good for a PBC fucking title yeah. shot. Yeah, him and... <laughs> yeah, Let's, uh, he might disappear, old Terrell Gaucher. Let's go move on then to our final talking point before we close out for the evening. It's 20 to 9 on this Saturday evening. Ryan's here, so is Des. Justin, Danny Young and me, Steve, don't like to keep the boys too long. Justin's unmuted himself just in time because I was about to come to him with a question. Showtime announces his exit from boxing. Statement via Mike Coppinger. As we evolve our strategy to more efficiently allocate resources and align our content offering across the business, we've made the difficult decision not to move forward with boxing and other content produced by the Showtime sports team. Showtime will continue to air, support the remaining boxing slate, honour their obligations. We want to express our deepest gratitude to our employees who have contributed to this award-winning programme over multiple decades, blah, blah, blah. Andre Berto, more interestingly, Justin, jumped in with a bit of a cryptic tweet. He said, Al Heyman is a bad man. What's he getting at there, do you think, Justin? What's Al Heyman up to behind the scenes? 
Well, does that mean he's a bad man, like person, or he's just bad man, like he's bad? You know, like he's the bad, bad. Like he's bad. <laughs> I got the impression that he's saying Al Heyman has another deal lined up. Where's he going to go, Justin? Where's he going to end? That's up? what I think. I think it's like he's a bad man, like he gets it done. That's what. I, that's yeah. kind of how I would figure yeah. it. Uh, there's no talent. I mean, because I know Sky did the NBC over here. You've got NBC did that deal with Sky, but that's not like a big deal over here. So he could go to NBC. Uh, they could, he could get a deal with maybe like Hulu. Um, you never know. He might come. I mean, there's like a lot of streaming over here. So I figure PBC, since they've already burned the bridges, cause I think Fox is included with the Showtime deal. So I think Fox, I probably not going to go to Fox and God, they put some terrible stuff on Fox. My God, just God. Awful stuff. Fox now, aren't they? I think that yeah. ended, yeah. So yeah. I think so. It's like, you've got NBC they can mess with. You've got like, CBS and Showtime, CBS owns Showtime. So the big network over here, they won't go to CBS because that's who owns Showtime, I think. So basically, you either go to NBC or you hit one of the streaming. So I imagine he's worked out, unless they're just going to do the PBC app, like Pazone or, you know, whatever they want to come Maybe they come up with their own little, maybe. maybe they come up with their own little streaming service, which they might do. But it, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm upset, but it does suck because the first ever fight that really got me into boxing was on Showtime. It was Charles Brewer versus Antoine Eccles. Oh, great fight. Great fight. And I was like, I'm in. That was it. I watched that. I was like, I'm done. Remember that? What was his first name? His last name was Charles. You remember the announcer that died of cancer was the original Showtime guy? Oh, uh, uh, Nick Charles. Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was yeah. great. I loved Showtime. And I loved H. I was always a more HBO fan, but Showtime was awesome. I mean, that's when I got into it. You had Nick Charles. You had great fights. So it sucks because you're leaving like the errors over. You're so, and but I mean, we all knew it was coming. Once HBO went out, we knew eventually Showtime was going to go because Showtime really focuses more like on their movies. They focus more on their you know internal content, documentaries and stuff. Yeah. yeah so you're like they got all these shows they're coming out with. Sort of like what HBO started doing really big. They started pouring all this money. So boxing just does not make enough money for them to keep throwing it out at what they were doing. So I imagine that all this worked out with the PBC contract. They probably had to run. They probably knew two years ago they were done with it, but they had they didn't want to pay to get out of it. So you kind of got to run through the whole thing and hope that you get through with it. But it sucks. And I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure Heyman has got something. He Because like I just said a second ago, Heyman knew this was coming a long time ago. You know Al Heyman. You might not like him. You love him, but you might, people that might not like him, they he's a very smart businessman. So he has, you know, he's had stuff in place for months to years, ready to go when Showtime Billion was dollar done. funding he got to exactly. see. Exactly. So I tell you what, he, he can spend some money. I thought Mrs. Wellington exactly. could spend money. My God, that man can burn so, some cash. Berto's right. I don't know where he's going. I mean, praise. I hope to God Berto's not going to be on this new. <laughs> service i hope we're not bringing birdo back to i hope birdo's not like maybe birdo's trying to sneak his way in i don't know what he's trying to do maybe he's trying to come in the back door and hope he gets a fight i pray to god that's not what he's doing no. but, but we'll see we'll see but it sucks i'm sure all y'all kind of agree it sucks but it is what it is that's life you move on to something else somebody always comes up boxing always goes and flows something will pick up it just is what it is yeah We'll see what the boys have to say. Michael Thompson said, I'd be surprised if Amazon didn't pick up PBC. They have infinite money and lesser known sports stuff already on there. Yeah, Amazon, Danny, has been mentioned as a potential new home. I don't see the PBC going to DAZN. I know we slag Matty for subbing to DAZN, engaging in beef with them and 
But if you're based in the UK and Ireland, what exactly do you even get from the zone? I mean, aside from boxing, you get a few documentaries, Daft magazine shows. I think they've got women's second division Spanish football. And, and the problem I have with them as well, multiple problems, but just come to mind, you've got to jump through multiple hoops. First of all, if you want to watch a decent fight on the zone, you've got to jump over the first hoop, which is a monthly subscription. Fair enough. You've got to pay for it. Then you've got to pay a pay-per-view fee on top to watch the best fights. So that's two payment hurdles to watch Haney versus Progre, for example. The app is absolutely strewn with technical issues. Whenever they have a big pay-per-view, you go on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days, people are charged multiple times on their credit cards. The stream won't start on time. Everybody's kicking off on social media. Basically, I'm going around the houses here to say, it doesn't strike me that this is an entity that's going to be taken on the PBC anytime soon. You only have to say, how Ayn Heyman is not a fucking stupid, you know what I mean? He's not a fucking idiot, right? Why would he want to go and work with with a with an app based sports service that is essentially like scamming to keep their customers, you know, on the books? You know, with this, you know, you got to, if you're going to cancel, you still have to pay the next like couple of months and all this, you know, three month subscription. I mean, it's it's it's, it's diabolical. They're, they're struggling. The zone is struggling. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. You know, you know that Eddie's probably been on the phone. There's no two ways about it because obviously he's looking for another way to boost things, you know. And to be honest with you, you've even got like, you know, people like Golden Boy and that now are going to be struggling a little bit. I know they use Eddie anyway, but, you know, Golden Boy kind of, you know, worked alongside PVC supplying some fighters and things like that. So it's kind of, I don't know. I just can't. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Michael Thompson saying Amazon, you know, I'd love to see it because, you know, we pay for it anyway because of like the, the, the you know, what the service that it provides, you know, with the music and all the rest of it, you know, mm. but um, I, I can't see it. Um, I don't know if it's not the zone and it's not Amazon. Uh, I was funny enough. I was going to ask Justin what CBS is like, because obviously CBS has, has kind of come to the forefront kind of, of the premier league football recently, you know, with, you know, paying for like some of the top dogs for football to 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 do like you know the commentary and, and the broadcasting. So I didn't know whether CBS would be that kind I'm, of platform. I'm pretty sure that CBS owns Showtime. Oh, okay. so, I, so so I don't know if they're going to oh, take right. it. Yeah, I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong. Did, did Paramount I'm, not take over Showtime. Yeah, recently? and CBS and then owns, they bought I, up BT Sports. Yeah, right? okay, yeah, okay. yeah, CBS owns Paramount, I think, and then CBS owns Showtime. Maybe I'm wrong, or who? I, I might be wrong, but I, I always thought the CBS owned Showtime. But I could be, but what, how it works over here is like Fox owns this, CBS owns that, NBC owns that, and I think CBS owns Showtime. I could be wrong, but I have to look into oh. that. But I think they own it. And Danny, just to clarify, sorry, you were mentioning about the Zone's business practices. There, one of the anonymous nutters was saying during the week. And I hope I'm getting this right. There was something to do with if you bought the Misfits pay per view for twenty five quid a pound of that money locked you into some extended contract. Does that sound about right? So there's, there's all sorts of like ill doing going on. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah. it's wrong, but I can't, I mean, like I say, Heyman's not stupid. He's going to try and find the best platform to show his fights on with the most amount of people kind of obviously tuning in to watch it. And if you're going to do it, you wouldn't go to the zone. That's it. It's as simple as that. God knows where he's going to go. But the zone surely can't be the way forward for him. 
No, I don't think so. Uh, Des, just picking up on the Showtime point, but we were having a discussion in the group during the week. I say we, I wasn't really contributing very much to it, but one of the boys mentioned, and I know you were discussing this, about the role of promoters within boxing at the moment and possibly even doing away with the promoters altogether, <laughs> maybe letting the networks liaise with the board, maybe possibly managers, which might lead to better matchups. Am I misrepresenting that discussion? No, we was we was talking about it in the week. And it looks now... And I don't know. I don't know how we've got into this dynamic, but it's, it doesn't fit. What we've, but what boxing's got right now doesn't seem to work. We've got too many promoters across too many networks. The talent's been divided, and we're not really getting a good enough product. Now, in the old days, you'd have one or two promoters, or maybe three or four promoters, operating on one channel. But that acted that acted as a funnel for talent, so everybody fought to get on TV. And the and the talent was quite dense, and I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't remember a time. I don't want to be one of these people that bash the sport because I can't be bothered. But I don't remember a time when boxing was this grim. Like I've been looking forward to Joe Laws v McKennessy. You know, I mean that's really where we're at. I mean, like no, like we've got we've got Fabio Wardley and. Um, David Adelaide for a British heavyweight title. It's a good fight. I'm not saying it's not. But I, can't, I think other than Sexton and Cornish, I can't remember a British heavyweight title so low on talent experience. Oh, that was one of the worst of all time. I remember that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, but try and, think of a, try and think of a worse one, Steve. And we're not here to bash boxers, but where where David Adelaide and Fabio Wardley would have been fighting for a Southern area title or an English title, they're now getting top table treatment for British titles and okay I'm not begrudging them but I think that's where boxing's gone we've dropped the standards considerably and maybe at the top end it's still good and the bottom end I mean we've just seen a really good fight here with Joe Laws and McKennessy we've just seen a really good fight but there's that huge gulf in the middle that just seems to be desolate and I think we've got I think we've just split the talent pool too wide and We've got a couple of good fighters on that network and a couple on that network and a couple on that network and we're not meeting them. So to go back to your question, the role of promoters, they just seem to be blockers at the moment. And and something that's my bugbear at the, at the moment, it's been in for a, lot, a long time, promoters seem to be more famous than the fighters. So in that case, they've not done their job properly, have they? If I've got, if I've got Charlie Edwards kissing and cuddling Eddie Earn, and saying who's the best promoter in the world, shouldn't it be the other way around? Well, you were mentioning about possibly uh, worst world title, uh, British title fights. Uh, Sexton Cornish is right up there. I was going to suggest maybe 2006, Mark Krentz against Scott Gamma, but to be fair, Gamma was a very good amateur, so maybe that doesn't count. Um, sold a good ticket, didn't he, Scott Gamma? Had Wales behind him. And I, I do remember, I do remember years ago, Mike Holden and uh, Matt Skelton, Keith Long as well was it? Keith. Keith Long was around, yeah. But but I mean, if Keith Long was in this group now, and Matt Skelton and Mike Holden, they'd probably they'd probably beat Wardley, maybe maybe beat Dadley. I don't know, maybe beat David Dadley. But what I'm saying is, we're not. We've gone from AJ and Dillian White for a British title, which weren't that long ago, to Wardley and Adelaide, and it is a drop, and the, the standard is dropping considerably. 
but there, there was a there was a grim cruiserweight scene. Do you remember when you had Leon Williams, uh, Shane McPhilbin, Danny wow, Norton, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. all them type of boys around that time yeah, as well? Yeah. Uh, Rob Norton, sorry, yeah. That was in the uh, that was in the Friday Night Box Nation days, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But yes, uh, it does make some very good points there, Ryan. We'll just come to you on this one um, as as we start to close up this Nutters call in the PBC. Wherever they end up, I think that the fighters themselves need to make more realistic financial expectations because we all know we're going to go on about Heyman coming over to HBO, taking all the fighters, overpaying the likes of Andre Berto. Fighters have been getting vastly overpaid on the PBC and from Showtime. Floyd and Manny Pacquiao are gone now. Canelo's in the final throws. You can't attach yourself to these guys. The prices have to be lowered. They were attaching themselves to Floyd, demanding gigantic purses because that's what he was getting. There's got to be a rethink, I think, whenever they go to this next entity, whether it's Amazon, whoever, on who's getting paid and whether they're getting paid, what's worth the market value at the moment. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's the problem with what you got in the UK is that because they're spread over free networks, whoever pays most gets the fighter and then the they just sort us out so you know one 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 network gets number one the other gets number two so you're only going to get one versus four or two versus five and yeah you end up with fights like wardley and adelaide yeah i put it in the in the nutters chat is that the the worst british heavyweight title fight that we've seen for a while and yeah adelaide has got disputed wins against journeyman and wardley he's got a decent win against gorman but we can all see his limitations though mate get ozzy smith on the call this is this 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 is clear it for once and for all better Love to, where is it Juiced. <laughs> can i just Absolute come in <laughs> go ahead Des, jump in there quick yeah I, I think the way they've brought wardley on has been brilliant because there's been no money in wardley he could turn pro with no amateurs, with no expectation, and he's probably on peanuts. And the promoters just said, I'm not going to waste time with this kid unless he proves himself. So that, now if you think about Wardley's trajectory, correct me where I'm wrong here because I won't get the names right. He bought, he fought the outstanding amateur. Was it Vasily? The kid that, the kid from Sunderland who went to the Commonwealth Games. Got oh, a gold medal. Uh, Simon Vallely. That's right. So he fought Vallely. Now, a lot, not a lot of people... A lot of people thought that was going to be Vallely's coming back for it. Mm. Then he also fought um, a few kids that have boxed Dubois and maybe AJ. And he fought Nathan Gorman. I think that's been quite a steady rise if you're going to be fighting for an English title and defended it. But he's had no money in him. He's had no expectation. There was no investment. He never got a signing on fee. He just got told, well, there's your card. Let's see what you can do. And they're not wasting their time with Wardley. And you can see that by the way he's been matched. David Adelaide has been a bit more money in him. So they've they've kept him really, they've done really steady progress with him. And he's lost a couple, really, if I'm being honest. And he's somehow, somehow got himself to fight for a British title. But if David Adelaide wins this, where did David Adelaide go? He don't go anywhere near Dubois. He don't go anywhere near Joe Joyce. He don't go anywhere near Joe Parker. I don't even fancy him to beat the... Um, who's the cruiserweight that Joe Parker just bashed up on Sky from um, oh um, I can't remember who gave Richard Reactpour a brilliant fight 
Uh, you know the guy I'm talking about, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I We're do. I, 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 yeah. Can see, I can see his face. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, but he, he don't even beat him, does he? So where does David Adelaide go if she wins his British title? Go on, it's then. a wasted win, Des, isn't it? Really, it like, is, and I kind of is. like, I kind of like. I, again, I'm gonna I'm arc back to it, and people will shoot me down for this, but like when um when when um when Daniel Dubois lost against um your man Joe Joyce. I felt mm. like that was a wasted win as well, bearing in mind Joyce's age. And don't get me wrong, for a period of time, you know, the tables had turned a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, actually, Joyce is, you know, he's doing all right here. But like to me, like essentially it was a wasted win because you want young, fresh talent coming through as a pe- as opposed to kind of like, you know, people that are old and that. But like in terms of um, Adelaide, it's not so much that he hasn't got the age on his side, but the promoter and the stable that he's got, He's not going to get the same kind of um, opportunities as he is with the more experienced and more kind of. Uh... And I, I don't think I don't think he'll be pushed in that direction either, Dan. No, like, he won't. No, no. They, like, let's just say the British champion. So you should defend that a couple of times and get pushed into the European belt. Like they don't go nowhere near them top European fighters or them European fighters hanging around European titles. He doesn't go anywhere near them. So where did David Adelaide go? Would they call out Johnny Fisher? But Johnny Fisher, the Southern area, or the English champion, eh? so it's a it's a it's a backward step for Adelaide. So to answer your question, and I'll repeat your question, sorry, Dan, where does he go? Even if he wins a British title, but if he's got that limitation yeah. as well, I suppose, uh, Des, then get him his British title and let him kind of figure it out from there, and at least he'll have that. Well, he won't have won the Lonsdale belt outright, but you know what I mean. He'll have that notch mm. on his record. Yeah. Yeah, Can but I just give it, Wardley some props though, because like to be fair, nobody gave him an absolute a, a chance against Gorman apart from me. Yeah, like, no, Wardley, Wardley, Wardley's done nothing wrong. Wardley's yeah, like done him. nothing wrong. No, he's mm. done nothing wrong, Wardley. You've got to give him his credit. Yeah, and he absolutely. got bashed on the red carpet as well for his troubles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, to be clear, Wardley's, Wardley's done nothing wrong. And to be honest. I've watched a press conference. I like these two boys. I like the way they gel. I like yeah. their dynamic. They've done nothing wrong, these two lads. But it's just, this is, we're talking, I mean, this come about because we were talking about promoters. I think promoters have become blockers. I think we've got too many networks involved in boxing. I think we've split the talent too thin. And where it's taken us is, we've got Adelaide v. Wardley for the British heavyweight title. Now, in, in throughout my entire life, that was a belt you really want to win. And that was a belt that said something about you. And the next step from that was to be a European champion. And if he was a European champion, he was top 15 in the world. Well, David Adelaide and Fabio Wardley are a million miles from that. Ryan, uh, you unmuted yourself just there briefly. Uh, what do you want to say? Well, yeah, the we want to see where Huey Fury falls into all of this once he gets his man strength. That's that's a British title level guy. Like That's who these boys should be fighting. Like, I know we laugh, but that's... That's a guy who's failed at top level, but nobody can touch him at British level, so they can get him in the ring. I'm sure he's he'll get his man strength in a couple of weeks, and we'll, away we'll go. But we are forgetting where they go next. You know, there's the big heavyweight showdown in Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> fucking James Tony, Razor Ruddock on Fight TV. Get your seven day free trial in. Yum on! Oh my god, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, Ryan. I'm gonna watch it, you know. 
Never, no never forget. I'm with you. I'm watching that if it's on. <laughs> Seriously, like. Never mind the misfits. There's going to be there's, someone there's might get injured in that fight. As wide, I'm going to be disappointed. But yeah, I'm all over that one. I think I've used seven free trials so far on Fight TV. I got to find some else's. <laughs> I, I gotta, I've gotta, because what it is, you have to link your cars. So I gotta find somebody else's card. I'm like, so I can get my card. other step. Yeah. So you have to keep, yeah. So you have to keep putting cards on there to get your seven, seven days. They don't, you can't do the fake emails. You got to put a real car. So I'm down to seven now. I don't think I got anybody else. To, <laughs> maybe I can get somebody else. I'll find somebody at work and be like, let me borrow that car quick so I get my I was fight say, TV. Justin, get it on the work account. Get it on the work account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually uh, do have two work work uh work credit cards. I'll just I'll just throw that on there and say that I didn't use it. There you are. We'll edit that bit out so Justin doesn't get into trouble. Right, uh, boys, we'll finish it up now. It's come to nine o'clock on this Saturday evening. Thank you to everybody for joining us. We'll go off and enjoy the boxing now. Lawal yeah. against Chamberlain and Catchall against Linares. Thank you to everybody who's jumped on. We've had Danny Young over there. We've had Justin. We've had Ryan, we've had Dez, I've been Steve Wellings, I'll be back in the hot seat tomorrow night. We'll put this up on all the platforms so hopefully everybody can have a listen. Thanks for subscribing, especially for being Patreon subscribers, and we'll join you on another Nuts Call very shortly, very soon, hopefully. And good night for now. Come on, Luau. Sports Social Podcast Network.